In the year 3062, far after the fall of humanity, the world is populated by sentient robots, true artificial intelligences. So far removed from their creators, they became more and more curious as to the things they did not understand about humans, specifically emotions. So, they proceeded to do what they always do, design new machines and send them back in time to find the answer. Each robot was given a different emotion to research and define. I am one of those robots, a Sensation Acknowledgement Machine, or SAM. And I have a question for you. What is fun? Entry 003, Adam Rabin. Engage Charisma. Adam, thank you so much for agreeing to this interview. Uh, could you tell us a little about yourself? Yeah, I'm a Vermonter. I'm a musician. I play with a few different bands. I do some recording on my own. I also do some performing with various improv and sketch groups around town here in Burlington, Vermont. That's great. And it should also be noted for our listeners that Adam... Uh, wrote and recorded the theme song for this very show. Yes, that was a blast. I really enjoyed doing that. Good. We we really enjoy having it. Uh, so, Adam, we're just going to dive right in. What sorts of things do you consider fun? Probably some of the things I mentioned. Uh, I love, I always get a kick out of writing songs, the idea of coming up with something that wasn't there before, something new, you know, the whole... Uh, I guess the creation aspect of it and the creativity side of it, whether it by myself, like for the theme song, I just kind of sat down in, in my studio and hacked at it for a couple hours until it came out or other projects where I'm working with friends and um, other collaborators and getting inside their head and kind of doing the whole back and forth with other people to make something, like I said, that wasn't there before. Uh, speaking of which, you just released an album that you worked on, I believe, uh, start to finish the month of February. Yes, Things Fall. Just finished it up, just released it. And it's, yeah, so basically starting on February 1st of 2020, I entered the month with nothing. And by fe February 29th, thankfully this was a leap year, uh, I had a complete album. I brought in 20, I can't believe I got 20 of my friends to contribute something uh, to whether it was lyrics or <clears throat> vocal performances or guitar or other instruments, accordions, violins, flutes, uh, but everyone wanted to get involved and it, and it was a blast because again, I got to create something out of scratch that wasn't there before and also got to get in other people's brains, figure out their perspective on things. Cause I'm so used to, writing and recording music on my own in my own head uh, it's nice to get out of that brain space and visit other worlds if you will mm -hmm. i.e other people's brains interesting so uh so being creative is fun for you and m music is sort of your your milieu yeah to to borrow a word from the from the french yes if you will we oui. Um, are, do you have any other creative endeavors or is it really, is it like music pretty much your bailiwick? I would say it's a large bulk of it. You know, music is more than, music has several components to it for me. 
Some people are like, I'm a guitar player. I love diving into guitar, all different kinds of ways of playing guitar. For me, it's like there's the different instruments that I play. There's songwriting. There's, well, I should say, music composition, lyric writing. And then there's also the audio portion. There's the record production, uh, re recording the audio, mixing the audio. And, you know, so there's so many different elements within making an album more than just sitting down and playing the piano. Uh, that I enjoy. So that variety, that depth. As far as other creative endeavors, I know I have others. <laughs> I can't, nothing's coming to mind at the moment. I do, um, I did improv for a little while, for a couple years, but that didn't quite, I loved the scene of improv comedy, but it didn't quite lock in for me the actual performing improv. Mm -hmm. It didn't, didn't hit my funny bone, so to speak. Uh, so, you know, now I'm a accompanist piano, a music director, which is the fancy term for the guy on the side of the piano playing uh, cute little licks and songs. Um, yeah, I used to draw photos, I used to not photos, pictures, I used to doodle. But, you know, anything I like, like I said, anything that can kind of get me out of my head. So I'm not really thinking about where I am or what I'm doing. That's where, that's what I enjoy doing. That's what creative creativity is for me. Hmm, interesting. Uh, are there other general activities you consider to be fun besides the the creative? Oh sure, music? sure, sure. Um, I'm a avid. My wife and I are avid Vermont 251 Club members, which just entails visiting all 251 towns and cities. What's and your tally? We are at 200 and. 20 221 i think uh home stretch. That yeah we're in the home stretch we we've visited everything north of 89 and everything between burlington and rutland and bennington uh this coming spring and summer we're we're gonna plan some travel down to the south east corner of the state visit brattleboro and i know we have a wedding over in that general area in the springfield area in october and then we have we just planned a trip to uh, Ireland in June. So we're going to be driving down to Boston to get that flight. So we're probably going to pick off a few more towns on mm -hmm. our way down there. So yeah, we're always thinking of uh, creative ways, if you will, to visit more towns and check them off our list that we haven't been to before. So I guess there's a little bit of creativity, but it's also just, it's just really pleasant. I mean, of all states to live in and to visit, uh, Vermont's definitely the best. And I imagine there's also a, a measure of it being a fun activity that you get to share with your partner. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the big joy of it is you know, Kate and I, we have our rhythm worked out. Uh, for the first half, for the first hundred or so towns, I drove and she navigated. She held the map, but she always got frustrated because she <laughs> she didn't enjoy the geekery of looking at a map and figuring out the the right route from one town to the next to the next, which was always my, uh, I love doing that. I love like plotting and, and the strategy of, okay, well, there's these five towns are trying to hit, but there's only one road that connects this one to that one. And what's the smartest way to get there. So I would always be like looking at the map while I'm supposed to be driving. So anyway, after about a hundred or so towns, we got fed up and I was like, hang on, why don't you drive and I'll navigate. And, and Kate, we were both pleased as punch because Kate loves to drive. She likes to be in the, the driver's seat, if you will. And I love geeking out with the map, 
figuring out and strategizing on the best way to get around. Uh, so we've kind of got our rhythm and, uh, yeah, and just seeing things. I mean, you can't really, there's no bad parts of Vermont to see. So it's all beautiful and there's tons of little surprises and it's the things that you don't plan for. It's the things that even I couldn't strategize that we run into this shop or this, uh, landmark that we're surprised to see. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, always fun. I love being surprised. Cool. There seems to, I mean, there's, I, I'm just noticing this sort of running theme of fun things being the stuff that gets you out of your head, whether it's the ability to uh, create, which allows you to sort of exit your your physical space and exist in this other plane almost, uh, or this, this traveling thing where you don't know what's going to happen, so you're just allowing yourself to sort of relax and marvel at what comes up. Absolutely. Yeah, especially now that we're well outside of our normal, you know, uh, areas that we travel, mm-hmm. uh, where it's all new and it's all, yeah, it's all exciting because we never know what, what's going to happen next or where we're going to end up or how we're going to get there. Uh, yeah, so it's fun not knowing, you know, it's that drudgery of day to day where you're life meets your expectations, mm-hmm. which there's a certain comfort to it, but it's hardly living. Uh, so yeah, having, uh, kind of setting ourselves up for surprises and challenges and just novelty is fun. That's good because yeah. a lot of people feel that the, you know, the unknown is, is uh, a scary thing rather than a, a titillating thing. Right. So it's uh, novel in and of itself to have that opinion. I suppose, yeah. You know, it's maybe there's just those two kinds of people uh, or two sides to every person. I would imagine everyone must have enjoyed something new at some point because uh, everyone's done things for the first time. Well, of course, it's good to try new things. Right. Uh, and some people, yeah, like you say, some people enjoy that. Some people don't. I'm firmly in the group of people who do and I tend to surround myself and associate with people who do like something new for the first time the 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 fear you know maybe there's a a danger I should say Mm -hmm. of trying something new but really what are we talking about here we're talking about songs we're talking about traveling around Vermont how scary could it be yeah what's the worst that could happen what's the worst that could happen uh you know, there were a few close calls, but <laughs> in, in traveling around the state, but really even then, you know, there were a few like dirt roads that we weren't sure we would ever be able to get out of, or, you know, especially in mud season, it's like, are we going to get stuck in mud? Are we going to, you know, where are we? We're out of GPS range, which happens a lot. But again, you know, really what's the worst that can happen? And same goes with, I think, uh, stage performance, even improv, which is, crazy scary mm-hmm. uh, the people who do it I think that's one of the things I like about being even though I'm not an improv performer the reason I've always gotten along with all the people in the improv community is because like me they're not afraid to try something for the first time make something up do it in front of people and what's the worst thing can, that can happen is you make a fool of yourself in front of other people who are expecting you to do that <laughs> so it always ends up just fine and it's always always fun good yep um so adam what is the most fun you've ever had most fun 
I could probably think of some incidents, some particular moments, but there's definitely a theme through all of them. And it's, it's events, moments that where I was completely out of, completely out of my head. No, uh, where I was completely not in my head. Mm-hmm. And, and it usually has to do with time. I think time is a big component of not having fun is when you're, the more, there's an inverse correlation. The more you're thinking about time, mm-hmm. probably the less fun you're having. Uh, like they say, time flies when you're having fun. With, when, when we think of time flying when you're having fun, it, it suggests to me the inverse causal relationship, if I can get geeky for a minute. Absolutely, geek away. So time flying is not necessarily the result of somebody having fun. As much, it's equally about the cause of fun is that you lose track of time. So if you're able to lose, if you're doing something that will allow you to lose track of time, you will probably have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. And you'll know you've had fun because you've lost track of time. So there's, you know, so it's kind of a two-way street time flying. Uh, well, so, yeah, because there's the, the popular phrase of a watched pot never boils. Yeah. And that it carries over much the same. If you are paying so much attention to the passage of time because mm. you are trying to sort of will it to pass faster, yeah. your enhanced perception of it makes it seem like it's going slower versus when you are so engrossed in whatever you are doing that you pay no attention to the clock, that you yes. look up and even though it feels like it's only a second later to you, you're like, oh my God, an hour has passed. That's a perfect example. Yeah. If... um. Just thinking, I don't know if you have, uh, if you, Sam, have an internal chronometer that you can engage or disengage, but... Uh, my internal clock runs constantly. Okay, you don't have a choice about that. No. Uh, it's going to make it difficult, but if you were, I guess if you can imagine, if you can postulate not knowing how long you've been doing something, uh, that's a huge part of it. And it, there's kind of a, kind of a... Um, I forgot what I was going to say. I forgot where I was in time. I forgot where my brain was. Were you having fun? Is that why? I was probably having fun. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. I don't remember. So I'm just going to trust that I was having fun just then. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know if I had anything else to say on that topic. Well, we were talking about the most fun you've ever had, and you were saying that right. they all had this theme. Right. Thank you for bringing time. me back. Yeah. I get, there's me getting back into my head and, and getting lost. So times where I've, times where I've lost track of time, I would say, and this may sound cliche, but my wedding was uh, just under four years ago. And I remember having fun. There was like, you know, 50 or however many people were there. And I just completely lost track of of time. I didn't know how long, I didn't, couldn't tell you what time of day it was. I knew when the wedding started. I knew what time it said on the invitation, but then I just kind of you know, you just get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people get that way at, like, say, a concert or or movies are great at that also. Of Like, you just sit down, the lights go down, and then suddenly you're having fun watching a movie because you don't know how long you've been there. Uh, but to specific examples for me, um, yeah, my wedding was definitely one thing. Um, that's probably the, the clearest example in my head. Okay. And and even some, I could probably think of a few songs or a few shows that I've played where, you know, there are definitely a few improv shows 
which is fun because improv, especially, you're you have a very tight time frame. You have like a an eight minute or a fifteen minute set, and if you find yourself like really getting into it and you're having a blast, and then suddenly you look up at the clock and you're like, oh, we got to wrap this up in thirty seconds. What happened? Uh, yeah, those those are fun. I've had it. There's definitely been a few uh, sets that have been especially fun because you just get so engrossed in this world that you've made up. Mm-hmm. Well, let's um, let's circle back to your wedding because this, yes. is, this is an interesting uh, event that I haven't yeah. been able to speak to anyone about on mm-hmm. the show before. Um, so your wedding was fun. You lost track of time. You know, yeah. you know when it started, but everything else kind of a blur. And, you know, if someone yeah. asked you how long the service was, I'm sure you'd be like, I have no idea. No it, idea. I know it ended. Yes. At some point. Successfully um, even. But that's about it. So um, so what was fun about your wedding? What made it fun? That's that's a good that's the important question. What made it fun? I think I think it had to do with again, there were a lot of other people. So there's there's those dynamics of interacting with other people. Um being surrounded by so many other people and people that you're close to that doesn't allow you to to get inside your own head to hang out inside your own head for too long you just kind of bounce from one person to the next you're at a big party you're mingling and you know there's there's the service where everything is happening you know the the brides maids are saying something my groomsmen were saying something the the officiant who was my wife's brother was was doing his speech and then you're just so in the moment. Uh, I was so in the moment. And then I sang her a song, and I couldn't tell you how long that was. Uh, but yeah, your brain, my brain was just so occupied and stimulated with things that I was enjoying uh, that the, the, the enjoyment of each individual moment, of each individual task, just piled on top of each other and turned into a big amount of fun, a big event that was fun because I, I never left that feeling of being totally engrossed mm. and, and elated. There was one moment at the wedding. Um, I was probably, I'm only going to guess a couple hours in and I went inside. I think I just went in to grab a bite or grab something out of the fridge and I come back outside and I'm looking at this field. We got married in a, a field behind my brother-in-law's house and I just kind of stopped for like 10 seconds and just saw all these 50 people on the lawn chatting. And I was like, ah, I'm having fun. You know, it, it's one of those rare moments where you can step outside yourself and see yourself from the inside at the same time. And, and I just kind of acknowledged that moment of clarity, mm-hmm. acknowledged that I was in a really good space and time and then dove right back into the party. So this moment of clarity comes yeah. after, you know, you, you briefly remove yourself for whatever reason mm. from the throng. Yeah. And then you, you can look at it sort of both from the inside out and the outside in uh, to see what's going on. What, what happened in your mind that, that led you to that conclusion that you, that you were having fun? What, what do you think were the factors that, like, that made you think that? How do I know at the moment? How do I know at the moment I'm having fun that I'm having fun? I, 
complete lack of worry. And even though I had stopped and taken a moment and I could have pulled out my phone and looked at it, I had no desire. I had no need. Mm -hmm. I had no compulsion whatsoever to see what time it was or how much time was left. I knew I was enjoying every moment leading up to that and I was going to enjoy every moment for the next few hours or trusting that I had enjoyed and I was going to enjoy a lack of worry or consideration or need to worry about time. Hmm. So you had this brief moment of removing yourself and then upon being able to, to take that moment to reflect on what was going on, your only instinct was to, to dive back in as yes. opposed to, for, to, to attempt to further remove yourself from something, which is what I imagine someone who was not having fun would have tried to do. At yes. That moment. Yeah. Like the, the converse of fun being when you lose track of time is not having fun. You're constantly thinking, when is this going to be over? <laughs> and that thought never crossed my mind. Uh, you know, one way or another. Interesting. So your idea of fun seems to have a lot to do with um, with time as 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 sort of like the central construct, right? Sure. The the uh, the ignorance of time. Yes, like that's you, a good word. You for are it. having fun when whatever you are doing engrosses you so much that you are unable to to conjure any kind of mm. thought about what what time it is how much time has passed or what's going on you are living purely in the moment yes. and there are no other concerns living purely in the moment is is probably the key part of it and there's there's so many philosophies and practices that revolve around that notion uh, whether it's you know it, it could be buddhist or it could be even be just mindful meditation is about Mindful meditation, which I've done uh, from time to time, it's about being, like most meditation, it's about being in the moment and other things come through your mind, but you just kind of acknowledge them, push them aside and then say, okay, at this moment, what am I hearing? What am I seeing? Not really seeing because your eyes are usually closed. What am I hearing? What am I feeling? Uh, acknowledging thoughts as they come into your head and then letting them go, but not thinking about the thought that you just had, not thinking about the sound you heard two seconds ago, but this second, this moment, it's a constant. That's what meditation really is. It's, it's a constant series of focusing on the very moment you're in and how long you can do that. And if you do it really long and, and you keep, keep at it, it definitely, um, the sensation you get during it and even after you get out of it is very much a feeling of elation. Hmm. Uh, so I'm not surprised that, yeah, my uh, time being a factor or the absence of time being a factor in enjoyment and fun are connected. Uh, now, when I asked you about the most fun you've ever had, your yeah. wedding was the, the one we sort of focused on, but you said that there were other events you could think of that yeah. sort of shared a, a similar theme. I could, I, you know what, I would say because it's so fresh in my mind, the album that I just finished in February was kind of not a, a single moment like the, my wedding was, but like a series, a, a full month worth of moments. The 29 days. The 29-day yeah. event. And because the great thing about, the, the difficult thing about writing and recording an album from scratch within one month is obvious but the the joy in it 
is that you don't have time to fret about getting it done on time. Well, Music I get this pun. done. What's that? Music pun. Music pun. Yes. You don't have time to fret. Yes. Um, I just watched. We just watched First Contact, Star Trek, a couple nights ago, and I was just thinking about the line that Deanna Troy says, "Time. We don't have time to worry about time, or whatever that line is." Anyway, um, there's no time. So what was fun about recording, writing, and recording an album in one month was also what potentially could have made it stressful, which is that you don't have time to think about how am I going to get this done? You only have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. There's no time for fretting. Uh, so putting myself in that position kind of forced me to either come face to face with how stressed out was I going to be or how much fun was I going to have. And to be honest, the first few days, the first week or so, I was definitely balancing the two. I was like a little bit worried and a little bit having fun. And then it took me like a week and a half or so into February to really let go and say, I just got to roll with it. Things are going well. I'm right where I thought I would be at day nine or day 10. So just trust it. You're having fun. It'll all work out. And even if it, you don't finish it, you still will have something to show for it. And it will still have been a rewarding experience. So you don't have time to worry. Mm-hmm. You only have time to do. And that only having time to do, just focus on the task at hand, which on one day could be writing, another day could be laying down guitar tracks, another day could be drum tracks or, or orchestrating the schedule. You know, okay, I have 20 people I need to get either over to my house or get files from. Um, so it was just that, again, that immersion uh, in the task and only focusing on what's right in front of me. Don't think about day 28 when you're only on day 12. Uh, And I think that's what made it fun is because each task, each individual moment was enjoyable uh, because I like making music and I like hanging out with friends. But the thing, the whole project together was enjoyable because I was able to really let go of my analytical mind, Mm -hmm. which has marred past album projects did not get in the way of this one. It's interesting because it, it, you know, you had this very large goal of start to finish, you know, produce an album in 29 days. Yep. And a lot of people would see that as, as a very like high pressure situation to always have that, that one large thing sort of looming overhead, sort of Damocles style. Um, but it seems like you were able to sort of break that down into this movable goalpost series of like little things. I have this one thing to do every day, but I know that that one thing is going to be something that I enjoy because I'm either going to be noodling around on my guitar, which is fun, or I'm going to be hanging out with my friends, which is fun, or I'm going to be, you know, in the weeds manipulating waveforms, which is fun. Yeah. So you were able to take all of it and break it down so that it wasn't a pressure-filled activity. It was something that you would enjoy, but ultimately was still uh, fruitful for what your overall goal was. So then by the end, you've achieved it without driving yourself crazy and making you pull out all your hair. Yes. Yes. Because you weren't, you know, you didn't feel like you were up against a wall to get all of these things finished. Yeah. Yeah. It was ultimately reminding myself that, yeah, each you're enjoying yourself and that ultimately it really doesn't matter. Very few things in life really matter, uh, especially these things that we call hobbies. 
that. You know, if if your hobbies are causing you stress, then you're doing them wrong. Uh, and and yeah, I did find myself doing it wrong from time to time toward the beginning. And and yeah, by the by the halfway through, I I really started to shed. Even through to the end of the month, um, I wrote the last song, the final song on the 27th, uh, which was my birthday. And by then, because there were a few times before that where I tried to sit down and write and record a whole song in a day. Mm-hmm. It's like, can I even do that? And I was having a lot of trouble doing that. There were a few times where I, was, where I just like fell down these rabbit holes of chord progressions and arrangement ideas. And, and that was a little stressful. It was good stress. It was like, it's that stress that keeps you moving, not the stress that cripples you. Mm-hmm. And then finally, two days from the end, I, was, I really felt like I got the hang of it for the month. And I hope I don't lose it. I hope this is a muscle I keep exercising of, of letting yourself, letting myself just go and record. Uh, yeah, so by the 27th, when I wrote that last song, I just said, all right, I got one more song I need to write, and I know exactly what it should be about, so I should just sit down and write it. Stop talking about it, stop analyzing it, and just sit down and write it. And within a half an hour, I had the four verses written, and I had the chord progression done, and, and then I just turned on the mics and let it rip. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my friend John came by the next day, laid down some lead guitar, and that was it. It was done. And, and I think of all the songs, well, each song has its own, you know, each song was fun to do. Each moment, each track was fun to do. But yeah, I definitely have special memories of that song because it was so so instinctive and I didn't allow myself to analyze or overanalyze things. So we've got these, this, I, I would say this like triumvirate theme of, uh, of getting out of your head, uh, being creative for the sake of creativity hmm. and, and not, uh, and being so, so unworrying about time that you don't even notice it yeah right so i'd say those, those seem like the three legs of the stool that make up fun <laughs> fun for you um so if i now forced you to define fun mm. how would you how would i define fun given all that fun is what happens when you're not thinking about whether or not you're having fun or anything else for that matter. So fun is what happens when you're not thinking about having fun or anything else. So fun is by the transitive property. Yeah. What happens when you're not thinking about anything? Like when do you, do you mean not thinking about anything? But you know what? Living in the moment. I don't know if I've defined it or just described the conditions under which can come into existence. But I don't think I can nail it down any closer than that. Okay. That's that's fine. Yeah. That's Yeah. It that is that is the Adam Rabin definition of fun. Yes. The, the one thing that I have certainly discovered doing this this show and, and gathering yeah. all my research is that fun is a very esoteric thing and it, it differs from person to person which is why i have the ultimate goal of speaking with all eight billion people on the planet yeah good luck because i want to be able to create an amalgam definition that incorporates everybody's vision of what fun is mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, it's it's quite a endeavor you've set yourself on. I hope you have the the memory storage and the processing power to analyze it all after you've collected all eight million bits of data. I do. Billion. I'm, fr- I'm yeah. from the future. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I you know I'm I'm thinking in terms of this time, and that's where I got lost. So, Adam, uh, do you have any final words on fun that may help robots like myself understand it? I think if you can find in some kind of future, future for you, future upgrade path, uh, version upgrade, some way to manually either turn off your internal chronometer Mm -hmm. and experiment with having processes, working through tasks and processes that benefit yourself in whatever way while not thinking about the time that has expired in doing it, I think your kind could be that much closer to understanding the human experience of fun. I'll take that into consideration. Well, Adam, thank you for helping me with my research. If you listeners out there would like to aid future robots in understanding your human emotions, you can get in touch with us at WhatIsFunPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you can email us at WhatIsFunPod at gmail.com. Let us know your answer to the titular question. Remember, just because humanity one day will inevitably fall doesn't mean you can't be a research subject now. So, I ask you, what is fun? Charisma? Disarisma? This has been a Puma Knife production.